Good morning, good morning. Yay, second week of January. <laughs> We're rolling right along. <sighs> Our January theme is embody spiritual principles. Embody spiritual principles. So as we're kind of we're going back to the beginning, right? We're going back to the beginning of the book, the thing itself, how it works, what it does, how to use it, right? You know the four introduction. Okay. So last week we talked about in the beginning. In the beginning, we talked about spiritual principles, what they are, how to use them, all that kind of stuff, right? And so in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, right? That's what it says in the book. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Or, or maybe it was in the beginning God's created, right? Because there is some conversation around what those words are interpreted to mean. It seems like they use the plural for God. Anyway, it could be written, in the beginning, gods and goddesses created. Could mean that, right? Absolutely, absolutely. That word in the first sentence, Elohim, that is the plural. It is the plural for God. So it was really meant to be, who knows? Lots of gods, gods and goddesses, God energy. What we do know is that thousands of years before the patriarchal interpretation of God, during the Upper Paleolithic era, about 25,000 BC, there was the goddess. Yeah, yeah, baby. <laughs> Long before God the Father became all the rage, <laughs> there was the goddess. She was there. Archaeological evidence proves the goddess religion existed and flourished in the Near and the Middle East thousands of years before the prophet Abraham and the male deity of Yahweh. Long before Yahweh, Christ the King, or Allah, there was the goddess, Aphrodite in Greek, Bast, Egyptian, Ceres, Roman, Freya, the Nordic, Inanna, the Sumerian, Kali, Hindu, Brigid, Celtic. And of course, let's not forget Lilith, Adam's first wife. We'll talk about her in a little while. <laughs> anyway, in the ancient creation stories, the goddess created. The goddess created. Even in the Americas, right? In the Native, uh, the Native American people's grandmother spider wove the entire universe into creation. She wove everything into being. Isn't that lovely? Namu, who was uh, the Sumerian goddess, brought forth, she birthed into being the entire universe. And then as the world moved on and as tribes and civilizations began to flourish and as the agrarian society took hold, right, and invasions occurred and wars happened and land grabs, you know, happened, male energy took hold, and the stories were, let's say, altered. <laughs> when the Babylonians took over the Ur region, right, Marduk replaced Namu this god, this sky god, this sky god that's over and above everything, took over and replaced Namu in, the, in this creation myth. Well, technically he didn't really take over. What he did was he murdered Namu and cut her up into little tiny pieces and created the universe with her body parts. Yeah, isn't that lovely? <laughs> Welcome to testosterone overload, yay. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Any 
anyway, we, we have to understand that it is natural for ancient humans to look upon the female as the creative energy because she creates life. It was obvious to the ancient people, the female body brings forth life. The female anything, they saw it all over, right? Female cows, female birds, female wolves, whatever, everywhere they look. The female is the one that is the bringer of life, right? I create people, what's your superpower? <laughs> right? This is, a, this is an awesome thing to witness as an ancient people. So of course, mother nature. Of course, Mother Earth, right? The bringer of life from the ground. Trees and plants and herbs. It made sense in the beginning. The giver of life was female. The power of creation is female. It is the feminine archetype. So we're not talking about women now. We're talking about the feminine archetype. And we know we are all all of it, right? We've, we've had this discussion before. We are all, all of it, feminine energy, masculine energy. These archetypal energies exist in all of us. The great mother or the guard, goddess archetype resides, right, in, in all human, in all human beings. You know, and she is symbolized in many forms and called by many names in, in all of the different cultures throughout history. This idea of this, this divine mother, Isis in Egypt, Right? Ishtar in Babylonia, Inanna in, in Samaria, Astarte in, Ken, in Canaan, Kuan Yin in China. This, this divine mother energy is represented in all, in all traditions. In the Judeo-Christian tradition, we have Sophia. Right? You know, the story goes that she, it was she in the garden, disguised as the serpent to try to educate Adam and Eve that there was, there was a whole lot of world outside of the garden. And that, too, obviously was written over by men, right? When the agrarian society, again, flourished and plows were strapped to men to grow food and men warred with other tribes and invaded and took from other tribes by force and became leaders of groups, they get to rewrite the stories, right? Stories are written by the victors most of the time. And then, just like now, we don't write about our failures. Just look on Facebook. Everybody's beautiful and gorgeous and talented. And we don't write about our failures. We write about our successes. So the goddess became a god. That's really what happened. Women became subservient to men historically. And Lilith, well, she hit the bricks. She was not having any of it. <laughs> she was... Adam's first wife, if you look at Genesis 1, God made them, man and woman. And so they were made together. So Lilith was his partner. She was not going to be subservient to him. She wasn't going to answer to him. And when God said, yeah, you kind of do have to do that, she just left. She was like, nope, not doing it. <laughs> not doing it. So she left him, went off and lived her own life. And the writers turned her into a demon. She later shows up in, in Isaiah, I think in the book of Isaiah. Anyway, by then she's a demon, so they rewrote her too. So the goddess is relegated to the dustbin of history, right? Really, you know? So her story becomes, right, his story. There you go. Yes, as they say, the rest is his story. <laughs> but the idea 
of creative energy of the feminine survives. This idea that even when you look at our faith philosophy, right? Even when you look at the teaching symbol, top, middle, bottom, we all know the teaching symbol with the V. I don't know. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> sometimes it's up there. But when we look at our teaching symbol, right? We know that that middle section, what they call, you know, spirit, soul, body, that soul that, you know, where, it, where the seed or the thought is impressed upon the middle, the middle is that divine feminine energy of, of birthing, of birthing. And what happens is the seed or the thought in the upper portion, the, the volition, right, is, is traditionally referred to as the masculine archetype. It is the original thought. It is the thing. The, the active or the word, right? It is the word. And then that middle portion of the symbol the, is the creative energy. It is the intuitive. It is referred to as the feminine archetype. It is receptive. It's that creative energy, that soil that brings forth the creation, which is subject to the word, right? The word goes into the soil, and then it just produces. And the bottom, of course, is the product of creation, the body, the manifestation, the physical demonstration of the idea made real, right? The idea flowing through that creative energy to become something in the physical world. So we can see that the divine creative process flows through all of it. And that divine creative process flows through us. <clears throat> Creativity is... is spiritual principle it is like the spiritual principle you know if we look at the if we look at the core concepts god is all there is and what is the second one god is triune in nature and the third core concept the divine creative process flows through all of it the divine creative process flows through all of it so you don't have to be a woman to be creative it is an archetype it is it is a, a spiritual principle that we create. Creativity is spiritual principle. Spirit creates. That is what it does. And, and because we are made in the image and after the likeness of the creator, we create. That is what we do. Ernest Holmes in the Science of Mind textbook said this. He said, spirit acting upon soul produces creation. Spirit, soul, and substance interfere each other, each being omnipresent. Creation takes place within spirit and is the result of the contemplation or the self-knowingness of spirit. Creation is eternally going on. Change is always taking place within that which is changeless. Forms appear and disappear in a medium which of itself is formless. So just as spirit does, we do. We have that divine idea. This is spiritual principle. Spiritual principle creates. That's what it does. We are that. So that is what we do. And we've been doing it since we took form, haven't we? Right? But now we come to teachings like this, and we know we're doing it. And we know we can correct our thinking, and we can create new forms. Right? We used to think without conscious thought, didn't we? Stuff happens. Uh, I cleaned it up just for you. <laughs> Stuff happens. Right? And we used to think that. Oh, you know, whatever, what are you going to do about it? But we come to a teaching like this and we realize, no, 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 I can control my thought. 
I can think a new thought. That's what this is called, new thought. I can think a new thought, and we use that conscious thought to create differently. Create differently, right? In the beginning, we thought we were at the effect of the world. Things happen to us. We have no control. We have, we have no, we're victims. We have no power. Murphy's Law, right? We all know Murphy's Law. And anything that possibly go wrong, and it will at the worst possible moment. <laughs> I love that. <sighs> and that's a wonderful affirmation to have, isn't it? <laughs> oh, my God. And then we awaken. And then we awaken. We pass from kingdom one consciousness, where we are at the effect of everything outside of us. We go into kingdom two consciousness. I am the cause of my own effects. I am the cause of my own effects. And we learn to, dis you know, and we discover that we are in charge of what we can think. We are in charge of what we think. You know, where we used to think, I can't help it. Oh, you know, I can't help it. It's just what I think. It's, I can't help it. It's just it's like, no. Then we realize, aha, the call is coming from inside the house. There is something we can do about it. There is something I can do about it. Holy moly. High thought, low thought. Did you ever play that game? I, when I was in practitioner studies, we played that game. Take it to its natural conclusion. Take it to its natural conclusion. What is the highest thought? What is the lowest thought? Have you, you played that, right? You know what the lowest thought leads us to? Living homeless, living in a refrigerator box under a bridge. It's the, and then we die. It's the only place the low thought leads us to. It just goes down and down and down until that. And then the high thought. Well, you know, I'm, the con I'm in control of my life. I'm in control of my thoughts. I can change conditions around me. What feeds our soul? Neither story happened, right? It's all happening in our heads right now. High thought, low thought game. Which one feeds your soul? Which one feeds your soul? You know, it just, it's like uh, I would much rather embrace the high thought. And that's what this divine creativity is all about. It's about resonating to the higher thought. In, in Philippians, it says, do not be anxious about anything. I love that. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and by petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. That's affirmative prayer, isn't it? That's affirmative prayer. Know the truth. Stand in the truth. Resonate with the truth. Speak your word with power and conviction. And thanksgiving. Don't be anxious about anything. So no matter what passes across your horizon, no matter what happens, no matter what condition you're confronted with, ha! God and I are better than that, right? God and I are stronger than that. God and I are more powerful than that. God and I are, are a majority. Be anxious about nothing, nothing. Don't worry, right? Worrying doesn't add anything positive to any situation. Never has, never will. But there's an old saying about worrying, worrying, worrying doesn't, Add anything, what, no, worrying, worrying doesn't empty tomorrow of its problems. It drains today of its strength. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Worrying doesn't, does not empty tomorrow of its problems. It drains today of its strength. Not a positive thing comes from worrying. So no worrying. Okay, so we'll leave the worrying in 2018. <laughs> we have a whole new year. We can do things differently. We have new thought. We are able to keep our vision on our highest and best good. That's what that is all about. That's what the divine creative process is all about. What is the highest thought we can have? What is the highest thought we can have all the time? We have to keep our vision on that. 
I'm going to go back to the Bible again, Philippians. It says, uh, brethren, where whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. This is where we're supposed to be. This is where our resting mind is supposed to be on the positive, on the pure, on the lovely, on the joyful, on the honest. Our resting mind isn't supposed to go into worry. We were not meant to worry or fret or try to take care of things. (laughs) We are supposed to be resting in what is great about life, what is marvelous, what is exciting, what is joyful, what is happy. You know, whether it's raining, yes, it's raining, it's good for the plants. If the sun is shining, yes, the sun is shining, it's good for the flowers. No matter what's happening, it's good. It's good, and that's where we are supposed to be keeping our mind. We are instructed to keep positive mind and heart, right? Stay focused on the best outcome ever in any situation. Know and feel and believe. This was about the mind and the heart and the gut and the feet all being in alignment, all facing the same direction and going in the same way so we don't feel at odds with life. When we are integrated, when everything is in alignment, we are our most powerful. We speak the word in end and it evolves. It evolves into being. Thank you for agreeing with me. In Love and Law, Ernest Holmes said this. He said, there is only the divine one which flows through all, expresses that concrete individuality. So you think you're you're an individual, but you are an, an incarnation of the divine. You are an emanation of the one life of God's. We might look different and apart from each other. We might look across the room and say, I'm here and you're there. But we're all of the same energy of spirit. We are all one. There is just one of us in the room. It's having an experience. It's like the wave comes up from the ocean, and it's beautiful, and it's unique, and it has its own little structure and its own form. And then it goes back into the ocean, right? And it rejoins the rest of the ocean. And for that moment in time, it looks for all intent and purposes that it's an individual thing. It's one wave, but it isn't. It's part of the whole life of God, and that is is who we are. We're waves. Waves. We are waves. We, 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 if for a short period of time we exist, it looks like an individual form, but we never, ever, ever leave the energy of the whole. There's only one divine one, and it, and it, it flows through all, and that's us. And in Proverbs it says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Everything you do flows from it. And that's what Ernest Holmes said also. He said, love points the way and law makes the way possible. What we know and then what we believe fires up what we think is possible, right? Emotions and feelings and beliefs, and that is what out pictures in our life. So we can say all the little positive affirmations we want, la, 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 la. But if underneath we're terrified of everything going wrong, What's most likely to outpicture here, right? So this is about absolutely being in alignment. When we resonate with the highest vibration that we are, that's what we attract into our experience. And you know, this is not about creating stuff. Although it's kind of fun when it comes into being, right? This is not about creating stuff or attracting abundance. Ernest Holmes was really clear about that. 
It's about being in the highest state of consciousness that we can be in so that our thoughts and feelings and beliefs and actions all align with our greatest good. All align with our greatest good. And then we start creating a life from that level. Ernest Holmes in this thing called you said, you exist that divine feeling, fire, imagination, and creativity may be expressed through you. That's powerful stuff. He goes on to say, the spirit comes to you with a new and fresh creativity. You need not ask what others have done or how they have done it. Be yourself and express life as you find it. Never imitate. Trust the self. Find the self in God and God in the self. That's what we're here to do. Be creative. Be the creative beings that we are. Creativity comes to us as a spiritual activity, clothed in inspiration and personalized as our own ideas. And when we keep our eyes and our consciousness and our feelings on our highest and best good, then that is what we wind up creating. And that's how conditions change around us in our, in our environment. That is the energy of our creativity. So powerful is the energy of our creativity that we can create misery if we want. Not the greatest use of your power. But we can. We have free will. But the goddess slash God, either or, within us, set us free. Set us free. And we continue to create with that energy, with that power, which is spirit flowing through us. There is only the divine one. It is God. It flows through us. It is embodied as us. It demonstrates through us. We are the place where that divine creative process is, is taking place. And when we have our, our, our sights and our thoughts and our intentions and our feelings and our emotions at the highest level we can, then that is the level at which we create. So go out there and create some good stuff this year. We are loaded with potential, aren't we? Go do good. Thank you. for that.